if I were to give advice for someone that's like waiting for something or, you know, they think someone's coming for them or, you know, they're just not ready to, to really bite the bullet and move yet. Like no one's coming. I'm sorry to break yeah. it for you. You are the person that you have to meet. You know, you, you are who you are and there's no one else that's going to come save you. And, and, and you got to rely on yourself. And I think the best way to learn that, uh, you know, it, it's pretty unfortunate, but is to go to rock bottom. You can't go lower than the, than the absolute lowest. Like when you hit that rock bottom, you can stand up and you can start over. Calm down before you stress up the groove. The energy a little different when the blessings accrue. Hey, who you talking to? Just know I ain't no regular fool. Could be anything in the world, but I can never be you because I had time like a moment. What is going on, Seed Phrasers? Welcome back to another episode. If it's your first time on the channel, my name is Mo. I'm the host. And on this channel, we simply go ahead and find some of the smartest, coolest, and dopest people in the crypto and Web3 space and have them come on here and talk about their journeys and uh, stories just for you to learn from. So this episode is actually a really, really good one. Uh, we go deep and we talk about life lessons, entrepreneurial skills from Colin, which was at one point in his life, $50,000 in debt and turned that into multi-millions of dollars thanks to Bitcoin and the skill sets that he learned and we talk about through this podcast. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Before we get into it, do me a quick favor and go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button, drop a like, drop a comment so I can keep doing these uh, podcasts for you to learn from. And then two, check out our free daily newsletter. We send out a daily newsletter Monday through Friday to keep you entertained and educated about everything in crypto and Web3. And there's a lot of alpha in it. So make sure you check that out as well. And now without any further ado, let's dive right into it. All right, we are live. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We have Colin Yerkeson. Hopefully I don't butcher that last name. What is going on, brother? You got it. You got it, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to have you. So for those of you guys who don't know, Colin is a serial entrepreneur, investor, I would say crypto enthusiast as well, right? Uh, funding and uh, credit hacker as well, and most recently an author. So I'm really excited to talk about your journey, your story, which you have an incredible story from the Twitter threads that I've read and uh, a little about uh, YouTube videos that I've watched. So I'm really excited to go over it. So Colin, feel free to introduce yourself and uh, yeah, let's dive right into it. Awesome, Mo. Hey man, first off, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's it's an amazing podcast you put together. So really looking forward to this and uh, watching your podcast grow. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. My name is Colin Yerkeson. I'm 26 years old. I uh, moved to Miami about two years ago. Um, but, you know, just to take it back a step further, uh, I grew up in New Jersey to a middle class family. Uh, my entire family was in corporate America, you know, from my grandpa, my uncles, my mom, my dad. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, you know, that was what was expected of me. Um, I wasn't really planning on doing anything else. I didn't know Bitcoin existed. I didn't know anything, man. You know, I was just doing the ropes and going to college and getting a job and, you know, just going through the motions. And, uh, that life did not work out too good for me. Um, I had ADHD diagnosed when I was pretty young. Um, and I think ADHD is honestly a superpower. <laughs> that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, but my ADHD, you know, pretty early on, like once I got a job after college was the thing that like, I, I could just not sit still. I knew if I stayed at that job for more than another couple of weeks, I was going to blow my head off. Like there was no way I could go to work and sit at a nine to five every single day. Um, so, you know, what, what every other kid would do was just go online, right? I was just going on Instagram, going on Twitter, listening to podcasts, um, just watching the life that I didn't have that I wish I had. And, uh, you know, it, it grew a burning desire inside of me to get out, to get out of the, the rat race, the wage slave. Um, you know, so that's pretty much what happened in 2019. Um, I got out of my, my job, I quit my job and I went full time, uh, online and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was 50 grand in debt when I quit my job and I just went pedal to the metal uh, and figured it out. I tried and failed at four different businesses, an ATM business, uh, what else? A wholesale real estate business, a clothing company, and then a, uh, what was the last one? Um, social media business. And then I finally, through all of those, I wrecked my credit 
Uh, I was taking out loans, being completely irresponsible, trying to get all the money I could to try to at least spark up something. And it, it all kind of backfired in my face. Uh, I got into $20,000 worth of personal loan debt. I had $20,000 in student loan debt. And then I had about $10,000 in personal credit card debt. And all of it was just creeping up on me. And I was slaving away at my job, you know, trying to figure out how to pay this debt off. But because I was giving away all my time and all my energy to something that was only paying me $1,200 every two weeks, the math wasn't adding up. To pay off that 50 grand, it would have took me probably 10 years after all my expenses. So when I made that, that calculation, I knew at that moment I had to make a decision to go all in on myself, not my boss, my job, what they wanted from me. I, I dug myself into a hole. I needed to get myself out. So uh, long story short, um, I quit my job, 50 grand in debt, and just went all in on social media. Um, and through you know repairing my credit, I learned a high income skill. Credit was very valuable. That was something that not a lot of people knew and a lot of people needed. You need credit for a mortgage. You need credit for a car. You need credit for everything you want to do in life. Even this building I live in, they checked my credit when I got here. So I realized quickly, if I master credit, I learned how to repair my own. That's proof of concept right there. And then since I want to travel the world, that was a big passion of mine. I could travel for free through the points, through the status, uh, through all the benefits that credit cards offer. So it all kind of clicked and uh, it took me about a month to just pump out credit content, build that credibility. I dropped a course called Credit Class just through a private Instagram page uh, in tw uh, yeah late 2019, November 2019 on Black Friday. It sold like $6,500 worth of uh, memberships in the first day. And that one day changed my life forever. Uh, and then that next month, my lease ended in Scottsdale. I booked a one-way ticket to Bali, Indonesia. And that was it, brother. I was out. Um, and then the day I got there, I met my, my now girlfriend, which was pretty crazy because it was her last day and my first day. So that was God's gift wow. saying, you know, congrats, you made it. What an incredible story. You just summarized four years and three and a half minutes. So I definitely want to break down <laughs> some, some more. Yeah, I could, I could, I could go longer for sure. There's a lot of uh, detail that we missed out there, but so obviously I was doing some digging in. I think there was one Twitter thread that went like really viral that talks about your story. There was this one night, right, where you were at a party, I believe, yeah. and you pretty much got yeah. into a fight, and that fight ended up pretty bad. You got assaulted, right? In yeah. that story, there's yeah. a really big lesson in terms of like you really hit rock bottom. And from there, there was yeah. like only one direction to go. So can you touch on that story and like what did it feel sure. back then and how do you, how can you kind of reflect back onto it now and what has it really taught you? Yeah, yeah. So that rock bottom kind of led to another rock bottom, which I had this big epiphany, which I talk about in the thread. But yeah, I'll lay it all out. So uh, it was freshman year summer uh, of college. I was back home. Uh, with all my friends, you know, going to a high school slash college party in my hometown. So everyone's home from college, high school. We're all going to some kid's house. There's no one home. Big, big rager. Um, so we go, we roll in there at around like 11 at night or whatever. Typical high school party. There's a keg. We're drinking, having fun, whatever. Uh, and I'm sitting out on the back deck and I'm just talking to a friend of mine. And all of a sudden, I just completely black out and I wake up on the side of the on the on the ground on the deck and there's a whole circle of like 40 people around oh. me and this one kid hands me an ice pack and he's like bro this is your new best friend keep this on your face like go look in the mirror shit's fucked up and I'm like oh my god like what the hell happened my head is just buzzing uh I literally don't remember what happened and it was all blur but basically there was a kid who we don't know if he was on steroids or something but this guy was super drunk he was in my probably two years older than me. Uh, I knew of him, but never like a friend or anything. Um, I knew who he was after they told me, but he got super blacked out, came outside and just started pile driving my face in like for no reason. Like I'd never talked to the kid all night. And apparently he tried beating up someone else earlier at the party, but they like shoved him off. So he was all embarrassed. So he ran out and I was the first person he saw. Um, so basically he, he punched me in the face 20 times. He broke like 20 ligaments in the left side of my face. Uh, if he hit my temple, the doctor uh, later, I found out they said I would have been dead. Um, so it was just, you know, life just flashed really fast. And I've never experienced anything like that. Long story short, uh, my friend drove me home to basically knock on my parents' door at two in the morning with my face drooped down to here. And, you know, my mom answers the door with my dad. 
it's not a pretty sight, right? When your kid comes home with their face in half. Um, so they had to drive me to the hospital. I got moved around different ERs. They had to do a procedure. Uh, I ended up getting uh, a spring behind my eye to hold it in place or else it would have like dragged down and drooped down. Uh, I got a couple plates and, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of stuff in my face basically. Um, so from all of that, you know, I started to play the victim immediately. Um, you know, why me? This sucks. Like I had really bad acne at the time and I was planning to go on Accutane, which is a medication that kind of gets rid of all the acne. It's like the final strand for acne. Like if you ever had it, that's like the final thing you take. And I was, I was ready to go on that shit. But my doctor, after I got the surgery was like, uh, yeah, you can't take this anymore for at least a year because your, your bones have to heal and the vitamin A and the medicine won't let your bones heal. So now I had more, my acne was the worst I've ever experienced in my life. And it was just going to keep getting worse because of the stress. I couldn't take the medicine to cure it anymore. And you know, my face had to heal. So I couldn't even hang out with my friends all summer. And especially when you're that young, you know, I was what, uh, 20, 20 years old at the time, you know, you think you're the center of the yeah. world. So you, you think like, you know, you're going home, like you're going to be with your old girl. You're going to be hanging out with your friends, going to the beach, all that gets taken from you, bro. Like you think the world is mm -hmm. over. Um, so that, that really played a, a whole, you know, event in my life where I just kind of was playing the victim game. Oh, why me? Why? Because I have acne. Why did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. And I was just blaming the world for everything. Um, but really what I didn't know, you know, if you zoom out, right, hindsight's always 2020, that event happened for me, not to me. And the reason why I know that is because let's fast forward now, um, till after college. So this event, I obviously, uh, took legal action against this person who aggressively assaulted me. Um, and you know, I was under the assumption from my attorney that I would have a nice paycheck waiting for me in, in maybe a year or two years. So, that switched my mindset very early on, especially playing the victim, thinking, oh, you know what? I deserve it. I, I'm, you know, I was the victim there. This money's coming. I deserve this money. I don't have to work. I don't, I'm going to just start investing. I don't need to do shit. I'm good. Like just playing that victim, just owning that role. And that check that was dangling in front of me that was apparently coming was like the worst thing you could have done to a yeah. kid. Um, so I kind of, you know, just always had that thought in the back of my head throughout college that I was going to graduate and I was going to have 200, 300 grand waiting for me that I could just take off with. I was going to buy property. I was going to start investing, whatever, whatever. So I get out of college and I take this job. And of course, this is all I'm thinking about. Oh, I'm just going to take the sales job. I'll be there for a little bit. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try too hard because this check's coming and I'm quitting right when this thing comes. This is my lucky ticket out. What happens? I keep calling my attorney. A month goes by. I hate the job. I'm like, oh my God, thank God this thing's coming. Colin, there's delays. I'm sorry. There, there's not much we can do. Um, you know, the courts are backed up, whatever, whatever. Five months go by, six months go by. I'm I'm dying for this money. I'm looking up houses, I'm looking up real estate, I'm buying courses, I'm doing all these things because I know this check is coming. I would not be taking Tony Robbins courses. I would not be on YouTube. I would not be doing Ed Milet podcast if I didn't have this money coming for me. So I just kept learning and kept, you know, just dreaming about this situation where this money was going to pop in my account and I was going to be rich overnight and basically say peace to all the kids I was around. My life's going to be different. So what ended up happening is the money never came. <laughs> The money kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed, and I kept taking more and more risk and kept venturing more out on the risk curve because I knew in my head that it was coming. So I took out a $20,000 personal loan. I invested in some e-com mentorships. I invested in an automated store that ended up being a scam. Um, I was just going all in on whatever could expedite you know, the journey. And that ended up being single-handedly the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Because if I didn't have that little carrot hanging in front of me that I was supposedly getting, I wouldn't have taken all of those risks. I wouldn't have, you know, completely wrecked my credit. I wouldn't have found credit. I would have just been working at the job and nothing would have happened, right? I would have just been just like everyone else. So, um, you know, when I found out from my attorney that the money was going to take at least another year and I was already 50 grand in the hole. I was like, holy shit, like I'm too far gone now. Like I can't go back. If I go back, I'm going back to mom and dad's in New Jersey. Like I'm not doing that. So I just said, I have absolutely nothing to lose. 
the money will come eventually. I'll just keep racking up debt if I have to, but I'm going to figure this shit out on my own. So I just ended up taking massive, massive risk very early on. And, um, you know, as I said, I wrecked the credit. And once I fixed the credit, I had my high income skill. So God, the universe, whatever you guys want to believe in, I believe that event, you know, five years ago, that all happened for me. So I would start venturing out and taking the risks that I needed to take to become who I was going to become. And, um, you know, basically I, the credit, the credit course was a success. I quit my, my job. Uh, I, you know, got out of my lease. I moved to Bali, as I said, and business started taking off and I actually paid off all of that debt on my own without any of that money. And it's funny because COVID obviously happened in 2020. So that delayed the courts another two uh, years. So the money never came until uh, 2022. I got my check last year, a couple hundred grand, and I already made multi-millions of dollars. So I did it all on my own. And um, it was just a nice, you know, it's just, it, I knew God was looking out for me. Um, and it actually came right when my tax bill came. <laughs> and in 2021, I had a, about a $500,000 tax bill because I didn't have a good accountant or any tax planning yet. So that actually literally paid for, I would say like 75% of my taxes. Wow. What a story. By the way, you look fucking great, bro. And uh, the story is definitely you, awesome. There's a lot to unpack there, right? Like, I think one of the first questions that comes to mind is like, why do you think 99% of people that were to be in your situation, like, or are right now, fail and what do you think was that main driver to be like you know what i'm gonna keep doubling down on myself 50k 100k in debt whatever i think i'm gonna break through so what was that driving factor for you yeah why not bro we're like i don't know if i'm here again like i'm not gonna live a life of depression like it, the pain was so freaking bad it was more painful to stay the same than to change I was so miserable. I hated the kids I was around. I was drinking, doing drugs all weekend, you know, wishing the weekend or, or wishing the week away, just living for the weekend. Uh, there was nowhere out. Like I was already at complete rock bottom. I had no money. Uh, th that was it for me. Like it was either I'm going to just, you know, get rich or die trying basically. Yeah. Uh, and if, and if I failed, I was blessed to have parents that would take me in. I knew that was always like the, the, um, the last option there. So for me, I think it's just, you know, if I were to give advice for someone that's like waiting for something or, you know, they think someone's coming for them or, you know, they're just not ready to, to really bite the bullet and move yet. Like no one's coming. I'm sorry to break yeah. it for you. You are the person that you have to meet. You know, you, you are who you are and there's no one else that's going to come save you. And, and, and you got to rely on yourself. And I think the best way to learn that. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty unfortunate, but is to go to rock bottom. You can't go lower than the, than the absolute lowest. Like when you hit that rock bottom, you can stand up and you can start over. So for me, my life is very extreme. Everything I do is like, I'm 110% in or I'm out. Um, that's with everything I do. So when I start personal development, I'm all in, I'm buying thousands of books. I'm reading all day. When I found Bitcoin, I put my whole net worth in it. Like everything I do is all in. And, and that's just kind of how my life has always been. That's my book is called go all in. Um, and that's really what I needed to do. I, I went all in on the wrong way, yeah. debt, drugs, alcohol, uh, bad relationships, just being a complete piece of shit. Someone that I did not like to look in the mirror at. And then I went all the way on the other way and I'll pick the other way every time. I absolutely love that. It's funny because, you know, hearing you obviously talk about your journey and like now you run multiple businesses, right? And anybody who was in that situation before comes in and knows, you know what, all I want to do is get rich so I can lay back, chill, travel and not do work. But in reality, you do all of that stuff just to get to a point where you want to do more, work more, you know what I'm saying? And but enjoy your time more while doing the things you love. So why do you think it is like people like us have that mentality where it's like, I'd rather get paid 100K a year, for example, and work 24 seven nonstop instead of getting paid 150 and work for somebody else? Yeah, man, it's it's crazy, right? Because you don't understand this thing you just said until you're living it, right? Like we all wanted the millions of dollars. We all wanted a nice vacations. We wanted the nice car. And I'm sure you have that. And I got that too, right? But when you're in that, I've tried to relax more than I should have. You know, I've tried to celebrate a little longer than I should have. And it doesn't work every time. 
every single time I try to like, just, eh, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm going to celebrate a little more. I'm going to have a couple more drinks. I'm going to, you know, oh, I'll take this week off, whatever. Like I'll go on a vacation. I have this little thing inside me. That's like, get to work, yeah. get to work, get to work. And shit, bad shit will start happening. For example, I go to Capital Club, uh, Luke Belmar's uh, event. I wanted to go to the mastermind. You know, I made the um, the commitment. I paid. I got the flights. That's fine. That deep down, I know that that's me getting better. Even though it's luxurious, it's expensive. Obviously, we're having drinks. We're having a good time. It's leveling up. It's networking. So. Because I flew 30 hours out there, I had the excuse, oh, well, now that I'm out here, I have to keep traveling now, right? Mm -hmm. So I book three more weeks, you know, a Bali, Dubai, all this stuff that I know deep down I shouldn't be doing because I am not at the level where I should be rewarding myself right now. I know there's a lot of things I have to build on. I just kind of ignore the little voice in my head. I go do it. What happens? The universe, God, whatever you want to call it. I get to Bali. It rains for seven days straight. I, I go, okay, you know what? Fuck Bali. We'll go to Dubai. Book a flight to Dubai. I get there. It rains for the first time in a year. Oh. And I knew right then and there, I'm like, I, I knew it. I knew it deep down. I shouldn't be doing this. I need to go back to Miami. I need to work. So what did I do? I, I go into overdrive. I get back here and I do a 30-day challenge, 75 hard phase one. And what happens? The momentum kicks in. We have a massive week for my business last week. I haven't touched alcohol in over a month. Things are flowing. Things are working out. Um, so it's just like, guys, when you get to the level that you're dreaming of, it doesn't stop. Like right when you stop doing what got you there, you go right back down to the bottom. So when you sign up for this life, get comfortable being uncomfortable every damn day. Like this shit, like if you actually saw what I did and you had a camera following me around 24-7, it's not the most fun. Like a lot of people would not, I would say 99% of people wouldn't do what I do every day. It's very hard. It's very uncomfortable. I'm always growing. Um, it's very demanding. You know, the, I don't I don't just chill a lot. Like I'm just always working. I'm always growing. I'm always trying to get 0.1% better. So when you leave the corporate life and you and you want, if you're feeling this energy right, right now and you want to sign up for this, just know that this shit is tough, but it's it's absolutely just as rewarding on the other side as well. And that's what's what makes it all worth it for me in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate to every single word you said. And I think one big thing that I've learned that's been a huge lesson is this thing I call invisible progress, right? As an entrepreneur. It's like every single yeah. day, sometimes you work and you barely see results, right? You barely see results until you get to that one point where it's like, boom, a million dollar day, boom, a hundred thousand dollar day, right? Yeah. So walk me through what was that breakthrough moment for you? And like, how did it come? Were you expecting it? Did it kind of build up? And then like you almost quit and it happened. Like walk me through that one day that like really broke your frame. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of them, but I guess the, the biggest one for me was when I built something from my mind and it wasn't an affiliate service. I wasn't selling other people's stuff. It was purely a idea that I had in the shower about making a private credit page on Instagram uh, and just putting everything I knew about how to leverage credit, build income and travel with credit cards all inside a little page and then just making it private and charging people for that access. And so I had the idea. I went to a coffee shop in Scottsdale. It's called Schmooze, best coffee ever. And uh, I sat down and I literally just got on my phone for four and a half hours and I threw together this page called Credit Class. The first thing that was very exciting was credit class was not taken as a username on Instagram, which was very bizarre wow. to me because I don't know. I think that's very cool. Credit One class, person. like a college class credit. So I, I'm all ecstatic about that. I'm like, damn, this just feels so right. I make the logo. I put it up there. I compile everything on, you know, how to fly first class for free, how to, you know, status hack your way up to the best status at the car rental companies, the airlines, the hotels, how to stay at hotels 50 to 80% off, how to, you know, fund yourself 70 grand, uh, you know, in business credit at 0%, what to say on the applications, everything. Literally sat there four and a half hours, drank two coffees, finished that up, promoted it for one week. And now, mind you, this is after I've been, uh, you know, doing credit content for about 30 days. So I'm like, everyone's just asking me, do you have a course? Do you have a course? This is so helpful, blah, blah, blah. So that's where the idea came from. I made the product. I promoted it for one week. It just so happened that Black Friday was that day uh, that on like whatever that Friday. And I dropped it and I just promoted it all day. And I just watched 
money just flow in 250, 250, 250, Venmo, Zelle, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App, Cash App. And I'm just like, holy fucking shit. Like I just broke the code. Like I just figured it out. And like that, that moment from creating something from nothing in my head, an idea that was desired by everyone else and was valuable that allowed me to move into another realm. Um, that is when I figured, holy shit, I can start now taking this money, using this to go travel, market, buy more courses, level up my credit knowledge, and then expand on this course and make it even better. And over the next six, seven months, I grew that thing to 350 people and I made my first uh, multiple six figures from that course in profit. And there's no overhead. You know, that's an Instagram page. And then I'd, I'd raise the price from 250 to 500 to $1,000. Um, so then going through that, like price raising thing, knowing your worth, just a lot of lessons, creating a product from nothing. Um, so that was definitely one massive, like aha moment that kind of broke the the code for me and just leveled me up into a new path. And then I would say, uh, when I became a paper millionaire, millionaire, that was definitely a moment that, you know, sits with you forever. Basically the way that happened um, Bitcoin made me a millionaire, uh, in a very short time. So I quit my job, uh, August, 2019. And by 2021, the first peak of Bitcoin, I was a multimillionaire, $2 million. At 20, right? I think Bitcoin was like 20, 20, uh, no. So I'm talking when Bitcoin went to its first peak in 2021. So that was what, uh, like 60, 60,000 or whatever. Wow. So on the way up, I believe at like, 30k 30 yeah 32k i became a millionaire and then literally a month wow. later i was a multi-millionaire and that was 16 months ago i was 50 grand in debt so to have that like you know that entire experience happen that fucking fast i mean it was good and bad i got very greedy uh i got very aggressive with my spending um, I wasn't selling the Bitcoin too. So I was just spending other money that was coming in and just acting like I was a multimillionaire. And then obviously, you know what happens next. Bitcoin goes down to 30K. I continue to buy though. I bought all the way up, dude. I was buying full coins at 30K, 40K, 50K, 60K, 65K. Uh, and then I watched my <laughs> net worth go down 75% again. So um, I still am a multimillionaire right now, and I've stacked my bag so religiously, just Bitcoin, no altcoins, no trading. I have a Bitcoin mining company now. So I think it taught me a lot because I watched a lot of people get wrecked, um, you know, lose everything, like playing with altcoins, leverage trading. Um, and I just, I just, something in me, I got so exposed to the Bitcoin maxis at first, like listening to breed loves podcast, you know, just different Bitcoin only people. And, and I don't know why it might've been by chance because I'm so aggressive. So maybe God was like, yo, we got to keep him out of the altcoins because this kid will lose it all. So I think it all happened, you know, for me once again. Um, and dude, it's, uh, it's been a wild journey, man. I mean, uh, watching your net worth swing that many millions of dollars up and down. I mean, you know, my net worth went from like over 3 million down to 1 million in like, you know, seven, eight months. Like that was crazy. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, crazy things, but this, this all has been such a blessing because now I understand cycles. I got to research the federal reserve. Like I spent two and a half months just reading books on the Fed, and now I understand interest rates. Uh, now I understand, you know, quantitative easing, quantitative tightening, the effects that it has on the market. I know that, you know, I'm not putting 90% of my net worth in Bitcoin and not selling any. That's just stupid. Like, you got to play smart. And, uh, you know, I, I was one of those people that thought Bitcoin was going to go to 250K. Um, you know, it was on my stories. I, I, I didn't know Luke Belmar's content back then when he was, you know, an ultra uh, bear and calling everyone out. I told him I wish I knew. Um, but yeah, man, it's just been a crazy learning experience and I wouldn't change any of it. I love that. I can definitely relate to the part of, you know, crypto does drive you crazy and it does make you feel like you're peak euphoria when you should yes. have seen millions of dollars go to hundreds of thousands, literally. Yep. I've yep. lost so much money on the Luna collapse, like literally a hundred thousand wake up to fucking $2,000. And it's like, bro. Oh my God. So I, I can, I can definitely relate to some of those stories. Now let me ask yes. you this. Let's rewind back a little bit. Right? So what made you so bullish on Bitcoin at a time yeah. where there was no mass adoption, there was, you know, no mainstream media, there was yeah. really not much of a community that there is now. What really made you and got you into crypto and Bitcoin specifically? 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, I think what got me in there was how much money I was making from my businesses. So real quick, just to transition from my, my credit class course I had, then that went into e-com, e-com automation. So the, the way I got in there, I wasn't even like looking at it. I didn't know what it was. People came to me because credit was the number one asset you needed when it comes to e-com. You have to scale your stores with credit. You need business credit. Yep. Not a lot of people knew the funding orders and the sequence orders to get that. So I had many e-com companies reach out to me back in 2019 and 2020 saying, hey, we'll give you a store for you know 75% off. Um, you know, We want you to help us get clients funding for these stores and then you send them to us and then we'll pay you a referral fee. So I opened up that new income stream and I started making like 100 grand a month, like very fast profit. And so at this time, I have all this cash coming in. I'm like, holy shit, now I got to learn how to invest. It's just like one thing to the next thing. And yeah. then taxes, right? It's, it's just all, you got to get the money, you got to grow the money, you got to keep the money. It's very, very important that you learn how to do that. So I uh, went from that to uh, then saying, okay, where do I put all this money that I'm making? So I, so I call up my dad and my dad, can you give me the financial advisor that you use? I have a meeting with him. It doesn't feel right at all. He's talking about the 60-40 portfolio, you know, bonds, like investing in airline stocks. I'm like, bro, like absolutely not. So I end up not doing that. I start researching gold. I just want my money to grow. I want to have a very good high performing asset. And then I think I just typed in on Google, best performing asset of all time. And what came up? Bitcoin. So I start, you know, orange pilling myself. Uh, This was probably in... Uh, right before March of 2020, I started Bitcoin became on my radar. Bitcoin, I believe pre pandemic uh, crash was at like what 8k or something, something like that. So I didn't buy any yet, but I started to research it. And then it was just perfect positioning because about a month later, the world, you know, the whole meltdown happened. And we watched, you know, markets and the liquidity crisis take place. And Bitcoin dropped down to 4k. And I had about 50 grand in my account at the time, my bank account. And so I just sent, I don't know, 30K or 25K to Coinbase. And I bought five Bitcoin for four and a half grand each. Wow. And I didn't know what that meant. I was just like, ah, this seems like a good time to buy. So because I did that and I drained my accounts, basically, I didn't have that much extra cash at the time. Money was coming in, but that was pretty much all I had. Um, so I was just like, holy shit. Like, I don't know if I should have done all that. Like it's starting to move like crazy. Like I gotta, I gotta really think about this decision I just made. So I started watching YouTubes, whatever. And I ended up selling, uh, all of it, uh, at 5k. So I think I made like $2,500. Uh, and I was like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, it's going to stay down here for a while. So I started researching it as it's going up again. And now I'm out. I, I don't have any Bitcoin. So I'm, I'm really researching. I made a rule with myself. I will not invest into anything until I understand it because I'm going to play this game where I put all my money in. I freak out from the volatility and I pussy out and I take my money out. So I was like, I'm going to just let this go, but I'm really going to study this thing. And that's pretty much all I did for a few weeks. I listened to uh, Breedlove uh, on Twitter and YouTube. I listened to Pompliano. Uh, I listened to uh, what Bitcoin did with Peter. Uh, and then what, which other ones? Oh, uh, we study billionaires with Preston Pish. That's my favorite still to this day. So quickly, and then Michael Saylor started buying Bitcoin. And so I had all this shit, all these people moving in at once. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I want to become a millionaire as fast as possible. This seems like a pretty good bet. I learned about the halving that's happening in May of 2020. And then a bull run usually comes after the halving 12 to 18 months later. I'm like, damn, like this seems like a pretty good time to start buying. So I made the decision and it was like one of those things like you decide and that's it. Like I was, I was ready to go. I started putting 80, 90% of my money in the Bitcoin and I had no expenses at the time. I was traveling full time, living at a Marriott's. I had no car. I had no debt. I just was making cash flow and putting into the Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, it was the timing, bro. It was the luck. It was the timing, whatever you want to call it. Getting in that freaking early at the best possible time um, was was it for me. And watching my net worth grow as I keep putting money in, it just keeps going up. So, you know, it got to like summertime where it was around like 9, 10K, 10K, 11K. And it hadn't really. And then all of a sudden it went from like 11K to like new all time highs, like 20K or whatever. And that was around December of 2020. 
And dude, that like when it hit over 20K, my shit grew. It doubled. My net worth doubled like in literally like a couple weeks. So I was like gung ho. So then I started leveraging against my Bitcoin to buy more Bitcoin. I was taking out loans against my Bitcoin on BlockFi because I was like, I need more. I need more. Like I don't have enough money yet. I got the money coming in for my businesses. I just don't have it right now. So this seems like a smart decision. So I started taking out Bitcoin back loans. I took out like 300 grand worth of Bitcoin back loans against my Bitcoin. And at the time it was great. I mean, it just kept going up. And that's also what expedited my, you know, my paper net worth being 2 million. I think it was about 2 million. I had 300 grand of loans out. So it was like, well, 1.7 or something. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. And then uh, on the way down, I had to deleverage everything. So I escaped BlockFi by a thread. I escaped Celsius by a thread. Um, I got all my Bitcoin and multi-signature. So on the way down, I started watching everything start collapsing. And in real time, I'm like, you know, getting as much money as possible to pay off these loans, get it out of Celsius, make a YouTube on Celsius. It's collapsing. Everyone get out. Talking about BlockFi. Like it was just insane, dude. So uh, yes, it was very stupid for me not to pay off the loans. Like I had, you know, those gains at 60K, 65K could have cashed out fucking five Bitcoin, dude, and paid off everything. But I was so cocky. Bitcoin's going to 250. I'm going to keep the loans open. I got them open for a year. I can refinance. Like, dude, I was just pushing the debt, pushing the debt, buying more at 60K. So it really, in, in the end, dude, it bit me in the ass. Like if I would have obviously played it smarter, I could have been over probably 100 Bitcoin right now. But I'm lucky I didn't, you know, get wrecked on any of my loans. I still have all the Bitcoin I bought. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just all hindsight's 2020. So that's how I found Bitcoin. And then the Bitcoin mining company came after that. And we can we can talk about that as well. Yeah, let's dive into it. Before that, I have a question that came up, right? Is since you've made obviously the millions of dollars and you've made it fast and you've also lost it fast, right? Because yeah. So for somebody who has not yet made their first million or is about to make their first million, what do you think the best way to invest something like that is based yeah. off your yeah. So now that I know, you know, hindsight 2020, I'll give you my 2020 right now. Um, you got to, you have to diversify as much as I hate that. Uh, I was always like, you got to go all in. You got to go like, look, I went all in on Bitcoin. I'm a millionaire. Like you guys are retarded. Inflation's eating your money away. It's like inflation's a double-edged sword that actually ended the bull market. And if I was smart and I would have studied past cycles, I would have understood that the Fed's going to raise rates and bring everything down. I was a ultra bull saying more inflation, more money for me. Like, you know, so, so number one, you have to diversify because if you don't, you're going to get wrecked. Like I did, you're going to have all of your money in assets and zero cash on the side. So you can't make moves quick. So for me, I would say uh, dollar cost averaging is very good. That's something I learned dollar cost averaging. You don't have to time the markets. You know, you're going to average out your costs over time. Um, you know, you're not going to get caught up dumping all your bags in the top of a bull market and watching them, you know, literally go down 75%. So I would say be careful throwing all your money in once you're making a lot of money because everyone's making a lot of money at the same time. Yeah. In 0% interest rate environments, when the Fed drops rates down to zero, or maybe they're going to probably drop to like one next time, uh, there's going to be a lot of free cash flow coming around. There's you know, there's a lot of banks lending money because they have to go out on the yield curve to try to get some yield now that the Fed's not paying them much. So there's a lot of free money. There's a lot of Ponzi's that are popping up. There's a lot of risk being taken. And that's usually when everyone's making a lot of money. So what you should do at that point, I know inflation is going to be hot because the money printers are turned on. Quantitative easing is happening. You have to do the opposite of your emotions. You have to, you know, if you're getting greedy and you have a lot of money coming in, stack that money and wait for the party to end. Wait for the Fed to end the party. Wait for them to bring down the markets and bring everyone back to reality. And now you're sitting on a bag of cash and you could buy assets at $75 off or 75% off. So if I would have done that and stacked all my money for my businesses, instead of buying everything when everything was so expensive and instead just waited and calculated my moves, I could have had triple or quadruple the amount of Bitcoin right now by buying at 16K instead of 50K. So, um, you know, that just all happens with experience. And you're probably not going to listen to me because you, you really won't learn until you go through it yourself. Because I had my uncle who owns a law firm who's, you know, 75 years old, multimillionaire, very successful, been through investing, been through many bull and bear markets. He goes, Colin, 
you got to take some chips off the table right now. This is at like 55K. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, you think I'm going to sell right now, bro? Like this is going to 150K. Like, and he's just sitting there like, Colin, I'm telling you, you have to take chips off the table. Let the house money ride, you know, sell some profit. You've already hold it over a year. You're only going to pay 20% on uh, capital gains. Like, come on, bro. Like, play smart. And I just said, no, no, no. I had multiple t- people tell me this stuff and I'm so hot headed. I made myself a multimillionaire playing the way I played. But if you're aggressive on the way up, you're going to be aggressive on the way down as well. So uh, for me, I would just say diversify across a few different things. Don't throw all your chips into one basket. Uh, and yes, keep cash. Cash is so freaking important. I get it. Everyone says cash is trash. Inflation inflates it away. But at the end of the day, if you have ammo when no one else does and Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these coins are sitting here 90% off and you're just buying all of it, dude, you're literally, you need one cycle like that where you have money at the bottom and you sell at the top and you're done. Yeah, literally. They say, you know, a lot of people become millionaires in crypto their second bull run, right? Because the first bull run is always about experience and learning how to deal with the emotions. It's so true. What's going on? It's so true, man. And you look back and you look back at these charts and it's always the same shit. It's always the massive pump and then the dump and they, and they retrace every single time about the same. So it's like, yeah, it's just, you got to learn through fear and greed and experience. It's all learning lesson. And, And I heard people keep saying that, like, you know, I follow Pentoshi and all these traders are like, you know, these, like, everyone's got to pay their tuition to the market. And I'm just like, what, like, what do you mean? Like Bitcoin's going to 300 K and like, you know, yeah. so you got to go through it. It's funny. Cause uh, I mean, you see micro strategy obviously now and then Kathy Wood obviously coming out and saying, Hey, like we're buying crypto we're buying Coinbase and their stocks pumping. And yeah. you know, the, the current nature of the market, at least I look back over the last year and I'm a firm believer that we'll never see a bull run in terms of all markets, like the one we did because of all the money being right but from your perspective do you agree with that statement in terms of like the euphoria that we just witnessed in covid was probably your best chance to become a millionaire and if not things just got a lot harder yeah so we are at a crazy time right now i'm friends with mark moss i don't know if you know him um but he is a big macro guy and we were looking at charts last night and you know really from 2008 we've been in a 13 or 14 year bull market um, we have not had the crash yet. COVID was not the final crash. Uh, you know, 2000, uh, what 18, we had another little blip. Like there has not been the depression recession yet. And I do believe it's coming, you know, supply chains are screwed. We have Russia war going on. Um, we have so much money printed in the system and, you know, they, they are going, something's going to break at some point. And so what I think right now is happening, if you want to talk like in the next three to six months, I believe uh, with the Fed slowing the rate hikes down to 25 bips, that's bullish in the short term. And then what's even more bullish is the pause that's potentially coming in March. So when the Fed pauses rates, typically, if you look back in the charts at every other market uh, you know, time in history, whenever the Fed pauses, you get a short term or long term, sometimes it's 12, 18 months, massive pump, like massive market pump, bull, like mini bull run. Uh, right now, you know, we are in a bearish environment, but a lot of people are saying that this could be the blow off top. If you look at interest rates, even though they're going to be at 4.5% when they pause or 5%, it's still negative with inflation. You know, it's a real, real rates are negative. So, I mean, money's still cheap. There's a lot of liquidity going on right now because the treasury is basically doing the opposite as the Fed right now. And they have about three months to like unload money right now. Um, I can't, I don't know the actual specifics of what that's called, um, but that's what I was reading the other day. So I think in the short term, I'm very bullish. Uh, I don't know if we're going to hit new all-time highs again. There's a lot of people on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen that believe that we're going to have one final blow off top. We'll have new highs in the S and P Bitcoin, everything. Um, But it's, it's crazy, man. I don't know. I'm expecting Bitcoin uh, to hit around like 40 K. And I believe that that will be the, the the highest you're going to be able to sell before we have a recessionary crash, like worse than COVID, like an 08 type crash. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe that's going to happen when the pivot happens. So when the Fed pivots, everyone gets wrecked because the money printers turn back on, they drop rates down to zero. 
But the reason they're doing that is because the economy is completely fucked. They they went too far. They got to bring it down now. And then that's when everyone should be selling. But instead, a lot of the you know, retail is buying because they think, oh, money printers, QE, everything's going to go up. So usually when you get a pivot, you can look back, oh, wait, this happened uh, right before the 08 crash. This happened in uh, the, the tech boom, the, the dot-com bubble. Um, every time they pivot and they go back to zero rates or close to zero and they start their money printers, we see a massive dump, like massive. The 08, uh, the great financial crisis that happened after the pivot. So I believe that this is going to happen again. And I personally am going to sell uh, a lot of my assets, you know, at this next, whatever this is, like whenever the pivot happens, that's probably going to be around the highs before we see a massive dump. And I don't know how fast this uh, recession is going to be. I think it could drag out a little. So yeah, you got to be prepared. You got to have, you know, you know, money and you know where Bitcoin's going. And I think it coincides perfectly every time with number one, the election, the having liquidity so like you know what's going to happen when we go to zero we're not going to go to zero we go to one percent interest rates and the money printers turn on again the bitcoin having is right around that time too 2024 so that's when i think it, it always times with liquidity entering the system and i think yeah 2025 i believe you know is going to be very bullish again um you know the crash could be like very epic very very bad uh, but I think, you know, there's only one thing they can do. They have to keep inflating their debt away. So they're going to turn the money printers back on at one point and they're going to have to print more than they've ever printed before. Where does that money go? It always goes in the risk on assets. I love that. So pretty much the TLDR here is like you're bullish short term. The next three to six months, you see more of a bullish outlook and then the depression is coming after. Yes. I think we either a couple of things happen. We either hit around 40K. Uh, S&P takes out the last two uh, lower highs, uh, or we hit new all time highs. Like there's no other, there's no other way around it. Like this could be, everyone could be thinking the same shit. Holy shit. This is the last time we got until the fucking massive crash. And, and everyone just pumps everyone's bags and goes risk on full out. Like, cause you know how it is, bro. When the, when things start moving, it's just, it's just momentum, bro. Everyone starts throwing money in and it's just like a fire that keeps growing. So I could see it. I really could. I could see us hitting new all-time highs, you know, randomly and breaking this market cycle of Bitcoin because of the times we're in. And you're only Bitcoin maxing. You don't touch no altcoins. Nothing. So I don't talk about it, but I do some little swing trading uh, on the side. You know, I am kind of liquid right now. So what I understand now is I play the Fed, bro. I trade the Fed. I don't care what coin we're talking about. I don't believe in any of the altcoins. Yeah. Uh, I don't promote trading, but just recently, uh, for example, I threw 60 grand in Solana and, uh, you know, right now it's at like 75K. So like shit like that, like I will do a swing trade short term because I know that risk on in a risk on environment, alts are going to move more than Bitcoin. That's just how it is. Um, so, you know, once you understand, you know, the fed, when the fed environment is zero, zero percent interest rates, or we have a fed pause coming, you understand you need to get in assets and, and the riskier, the assets, the more you're going to make in us dollar terms. So yeah, short term, I do little shit like that. I traded Ethereum. I bought uh $20,000 worth of Ethereum at 400. I sold it at 2,800. Uh, so I made like 140 grand or something on that. So yeah, low key, I do it in the back. I've told people about my Ethereum, but I, I'm a strictly Bitcoin hold. Like I don't, I don't believe in any of the other ones. Really, I understand Ethereum. You can build things on. It's very cool. We'll see how that works out. But I'm, I'm talking, you know, a global money here. I want to, you know, really advance a reserve currency of the world, and I believe we have it right in front of us. So why would I focus my time on all these other things when this, I believe, is the most important. I love it. Talk to me about, and I don't know too much about Bitcoin mining, obviously, but I know there's times where, you know, the cost of mining is very high and the yeah. cost of mining is very low, obviously, right? Depending on the volume yeah. and, and, and the network. So talk to me about what made you want to get into that business and how does that perform in a market like this where it's not so active and it's not so bullish? Sure, sure. Yeah. So it's funny. We actually built the Bitcoin mining company in the bear market the whole time. So that's all we know. Uh, we're just now starting to see some bullishness and it's pretty amazing because Bitcoin's up 40%, you know, in the past month. So uh, the way this started is it's pretty crazy story. 
Um, I used to work with my, my best friend from home. His name's Connor. We grew up together. We used to work at his dad's factory. It was a flashlight company called Princeton Tech in New Jersey. Uh, they build headlamps and stuff for the military and the Navy. They have government contracts, very big company. So we used to work there on the assembly line as kids. And we always looked up to his dad. His dad always had the nice vacation house. You know, my friend Connor's driving a Porsche. Uh, we wanted to become entrepreneurs at an early age because his dad freaking killed it. So we would listen to podcasts on this assembly line, building these flashlights. And we'd always talk like, dude, like we're going to be so fucking rich. Like we're going to create our own thing one day, blah, blah, blah. And obviously we both go on our own ways. Um, we, you know, venture out and into the world, whatever we reconnect like eight years later. And, uh, we are sitting on Thanksgiving dinner. We're having a, a Thanksgiving dinner, like friends, friends giving, uh, in 2021. And he's like, dude, I'm so proud of you. Like for everything you've built with your Instagram, your personal brand, like obviously all my friends follow me from high school. And, uh, he's mm -hmm. like, dude, like, I want to let you know, I've been building Bitcoin miners and theory. I've been mining Ethereum on my own. And I'm very interested in seeing if we can do something together. And mind you, this, this guy, Connor, my friend, he went to Draper, Tim Draper, you know him, the billionaire. He went to like Draper University in 2017. He dropped out of college and then he went to this entrepreneurship school and he built a blockchain company uh, around construction at the startup school and he won first place. So I already knew wow. he was all into this stuff. He also tried mining Bitcoin in 2015 in our dorm room. We went to college together um, and he was always bringing it up and shit. And I was like, bro, like you're crazy. I don't know what this is. And you know, it all led back to this moment right here. We're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner and he's like, bro, I've been building my own miners. I know you've, you know, aped in the Bitcoin with your whole net worth. We should talk like, let's do something with this. I'm like, dude, I had no idea. How are you mining? Because once again, you just asked this question, isn't mining expensive? You know, how do you do it? It's, isn't it too late? I ask him all those typical questions and he comes back and he's like, well, you know how my dad owns Princeton Tech and we have that industrial building in, in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. We get energy at anywhere from four to seven cents a kilowatt. And I was wow. like, holy shit. I was like, what's the average at a household? He's like 15 cents. So he's like, I'm, we're very profitable right now. So he's like, we can piggyback on my dad's business. He already said that we have space available for us. Um, and I've seen you built, you know, multiple seven figure business just through your personal brand. Can we do the same thing with mining? You think? And I just like, you know, sat back and I was like, like I now can work in Bitcoin. This is all I wanted to do my whole life. I just didn't know where or how, like if I could just do Bitcoin my whole life, I would do it in a heartbeat. I was making Bitcoin videos, YouTube videos, trying to do a TA. Like I didn't know yet, but I wanted to be in Bitcoin. And so this was it. That was that aha moment. And I was like, I'm going to go all in on this. So transitioned out of e-com, out of credit, all that stuff into Bitcoin mining. And uh, I just took everything I already knew about you know, building a webinar, building video sales letters, um, you know, pitching stuff on Instagram stories, building an Instagram page, doing content. I just did it all over again. And I tried to make mining cool and explain it to people uh, in a very easy way, because I feel like no one with a personal brand was really doing that yet with Bitcoin mining. You know, you have Mara, you have Riot, you have these big, massive companies and, you know, they're more corporate vibes. They're more, they're public companies. Um, so that was, yeah. So I wanted to just do that in a different way. And so basically the next step was um, I, I reached out to my accountant and we were talking one day and I was like, Hey, like, aren't miners write-offs? And he was like, let me check this out. So he comes back. He's like, Section 179 states that you can write off 100% depreciation on the Bitcoin miner in year one. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. Because my main problem was I, I made a million dollars in 2021, but I spent it all on Bitcoin. So I had no write-offs because you don't get uh, write-offs when you buy Bitcoin. So I was like sitting in my head, like this was way earlier on. I was thinking, how could I freaking buy Bitcoin and not pay this much in taxes? Because I got hit with like $470,000 bill. So when he said that, I was like, wait a second. So now I can get all the Bitcoin. It's just going to take four years to get it all back from the money I invest. And I get the write-off. So I don't have to pay Uncle Sam nearly as much money because now I'm doing it in a tax-friendly way. And he's like, yes. So that's when I was like, I'm going all in with this. Like, 
First off, I'm doing this for myself because I can just buy miners and mine Bitcoin. And it's the same thing as buying Bitcoin, except no KYC. I don't have to deal with fucking Celsius anymore. And I'm getting Bitcoin, you know, dollar cost average over time. So now I'm not going to be buying Bitcoin at the tops and playing with my emotions. I just buy a miner and then it just mines for me for four years and I'm getting all that money back over time. So that was the aha moment. And then I realized an even better thing. If we start scaling out this company, we can now have uh, people that don't have enough money because to, to own a miner, we wanted to make it like, okay, you got to spend $58,000 to get the write-off because if you're spending 12K, it's not even worth it. You're not going to really see a difference. So we, may, we split it up into ownership package and we split it up to hash rate package. So the hash rate package is uh, we own the equipment, but you're just renting the TerraHash from us and we're distributing 100% of the Bitcoin to your wallet, but you don't own the machines. So now every mm -hmm. single time someone bought one of these TerraHash packages, more write-offs for me in my businesses. I own their machines. They're just getting the Bitcoin. So this whole idea, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to just build this massive tax savings business around the best asset of all time. And I get to do what I love forever with my best friend. So we started that up. We scaled leverage mining uh, from, what was it, February 2022 to uh, the end of the year. In about nine months, we had a million dollars in revenue. We have about 40 clients now. Uh, and the next step is to go on the manufacturing side because we've solved a problem. Uh, I actually spoke with Jason Less, who is the CEO of Riot Blockchain. Uh, luckily, my accountant uh, got me an interview with him because they're good friends. So we actually have been keeping up quite a bit. He's been kind of mentoring us and giving us guidance, relationships, different softwares, things like that. And uh, he told me something that uh, we believe that we can solve. That's a big bottleneck in the space. And it has to do with immersion cooling and mining. Uh, that's something that we do as well. And it's something that no one has done yet. So we aim to raise money from Tim Draper this year. Uh, Connor still keeps in contact with him. He's raising another round right now. Um, so we are looking to get about a million dollars to then hire uh, a, a engineer or a couple engineers to then build out our own miners. We have the supply chain and things we need at the flashlight company. So we can basically use all the material there to then build out our own miners, partner with hopefully ASICs, get our own chips and start distributing our own machines. And we want to sell the machines to Riot, to Mara, to all the biggest mining companies. And that's where the billions are made. So that's the goal. Uh, and that's kind of what we're doing on the manufacturing side as well. I love that, bro. Congratulations on all the success. This is this is really good. This is good for me. So I can't even imagine people in the audience that are going to be tuning into this. This is awesome. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Um, what do you think is uh, like the biggest scam in the world? Just in general, like what do you think the biggest scam is? <laughs> Because a lot yeah. of people think Bitcoin's a scam, right? Then they look at mining yeah. it's a scam. And then if somebody's trying to sell something online, it's a scam. In your eyes, yeah. you know, and somebody who's made it, what is the biggest scam in your eyes? Uh, man, that's a really good question because I think like everything's a scam. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I truly believe that you're scamming yourself most of the time. Like you could be the biggest scammer. Um, you're scamming yourself out of opportunity. You're scamming yourself out of your greatest potential. And that's what I did for the first 23 years of my life. And um, it's crazy. I even got a tattoo 23 right here when I decided wow. to stop scamming myself and go all in with my life. And ever since I did that, you know, my life has done a complete 180 degree change. But I think that people basically take opportunity away from themselves and set themselves up for failure because of the way, obviously, number one, they're programmed. And number two, we're, we're meant to fail. We're all set up to fail. The matrix, whatever yeah. you want to call it, school, indoctrination, the food system, the health system, everything is set up to make us worse. And I'm sorry if you're in your own little world and you think the government has your back and you think that the news channels are telling the truth. It's all fucking bullshit. And so... You can stop scamming yourself by tapping out of that world. So everything's a scam. That's a great question. What do you think is a scam? I believe everything we were ever taught is a scam. And you have to then realize that, stop scamming yourself, and take yourself out of that world and relearn everything on your own.
I love that answer. And I, I truly believe the same thing. I think some scams are worth looking into and some aren't. And that's really the decision that you have to make as an individual is like, you know, is this scam worth me playing it or it's not? And that's how you kind of decide. 100%. Uh, I want to end this on a, in a kind of, I think, a perfect scenario for this podcast. Let's say I'm a regular crypto bro. I'm 23 years old. I have a good credit score and I don't want to work 40 hours a week. And I want to start off into the entrepreneur journey. Where do I start calling? Give me the ropes. Yeah. Personal brand, 100%. All in, you have to do a personal brand. Uh, that makes your life a hundred times easier when it comes to making money online. Uh, if you don't have a personal brand, you're just going to be a background figure. You're going to be on someone's team. You're going to be an employee or an entrepreneur. Um, you are not going to be the guy. And if you want to be the guy, you have to have a personal brand because your brand, as you've heard it, is your resume in today's world. So omnipresence, every single platform uh, at, at some point, you don't have to worry about that right away, but pick a platform that you feel comfortable with. Um, you know, whether whatever your strong suit is, whether that's, you know, making videos, writing tweets, TikTok, short form, long form, pick one of them. You're going to have some kind of edge over someone else on one of those platforms. Pick that and go all in with that shit. Uh, because of my personal brand, I've been able to venture in probably 20 different income streams. I'm not even kidding. Mm -hmm. I make money in so many ways that some people probably don't even know about just because I'm so opportunistic and I have so much of a network now. So for example, uh, someone the other day, or not the other day, a couple months ago, wanted to do an Airbnb like I did. So all I did was I connected them uh, via text message three-way to my realtor and to my accountant. And now I'm getting paid commission off both of those people just for setting him up with right. that relationship. That happens all the time, dude. Like I probably make an extra six figures a year just from referring people into random shit. Um, so having my personal brand is literally hundred X my success rate. It would have taken me to hit where I'm at now, net worth, growth, everything I have in my life, it would it should have taken me 10, 10, 20 years and I'm going full steam. Um, I've been able to expedite everything in my life because of my personal brand. I love the answer. That's great fashion. You heard it here first. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you check out Colin. We're going to link his Twitter below. The book, All In as well. We'll link that below on uh, yeah. Instagram as well. So thank you guys so much. Let's go. Thank you, Mo. Appreciate it, bro. Had a great time.